and I've seen I've seen the difference in my life when I I do live a simpler life and I know that my foundation is is the Eucharist so daily mass daily visits adoration right so when that is really a foundational part of my life it makes a huge difference you know and it really does help you weather the storms it helps you weather all the seasons that you go through and so it's something so simple and yet it becomes difficult because of my own weakness Welcome back, everybody, to Valdoco Salesian Family Podcast. I'm Father Steve. I'm Vicky. I'm Amy. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. And we are second episode of this season, a little mini season before Lent. Ultra mini season. Ultra mini season. <laughs> like a focused couple on episodes. Yeah, like a two, <laughs> a few. This is the St. Francis of Sales Don Bosco episodes. Yeah, love right? those guys. Love those. They're kind of awesome. Power team. Last mm-hmm. week, we heard from Father Lou. We recorded on the Feast of St. Francis of Sales, and we mm-hmm. heard a little bit of Father Lou's experience of growing up with the Silesians and meeting St. John Bosco and uh, yeah, some of his message for us for, for the Silesian family. Yeah. Today, what are we going to do? First off, we have to find out what Amy's Christmas was like. That's true. We didn't we ask heard, Amy. We didn't ask Amy. So, Amy, we want to hear about your Christmas, your New Year's. What was it like? Any resolutions, word of the year? Oh, yeah. Or should I have asked that second? Actually? You should ask that I'm second. sorry. Let's rewind. Okay. okay, Amy. Just like your, what was your Christmas and New Year's like? Christmas was amazing because I got to spend it with my family. And there's been so many holidays that people have had colds, COVID, things like that. <laughs> um, so to actually be able to spend it together was fantastic. And I took some days off from work. Yeah. So it was like being back at school and having Christmas break. It was great. <laughs> And then I don't, I didn't write down my actual verse and I don't have it memorized. Isaiah. Samuel. Samuel. <laughs> Good thing it's not my verse. <laughs> um, but it's about um, something like, now stand, bo- stand back and watch what the Lord will do with awe or something like that. And so basically to see more awe and wonder throughout the year. But I would have sounded a lot smarter if I had that like saved right hey, on my phone. You have like 12 months to get that memorized. Nail it down. Yeah. Okay, thank you. But is that what you do? You take a scripture, uh, you find or pray yes. for a, a verse for the year? And then I usually forget in like a month. Yeah. But <laughs> I have put post-its in a bunch of different places to try to <laughs> remind good. me, but I clearly haven't memorized it. So. That's good. It's a good practice. How do you do that though? Do you go through a like a prayer moment? How do you... Um, so for this one that I picked this year, it it had already spoken to me. And so when I was trying to think of like what I was hoping to do, it was a scripture passage that I had already read like fairly recently, like a month or two ago. Um, but for last year I had more of, um, like something that I wanted to attain. And then I like thought of a scripture verse naturally that fit with what I was trying to attain. So it was the scripture that came second last time, but this time it was a scripture that came first. Nice. Beautiful. Those are all the questions, right? I'm such an underachiever. All right, check, check, Should check. Try work on work <laughs> on that for myself. Don't compare, don't compare. yourself. Don't compare Victoria, yourself, Victoria. You are amazing. Oh my gosh, Amy, bomb you're, it. You're don't make me But cry. also, thank you. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Please cut all this. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. It's good. Don't uh, compare, everybody. Don't compare. Don't compare. Everybody's got their own journey. But some journeys are but better like, than others. Do better and like <laughs> pick a word and pick a verse, but right? Like, do better. It doesn't yeah. have to be that, but do what better, I'm, Victoria. Do better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're in Job right now, so it's just a hard place to pick I a love, verse. I'm loving it. Phrase of the year. Loving Job. Do better. <laughs> it is good, Father. Steve. It is good. Maybe that's it. 
Okay. But for this episode, we are going to take... So we're still... We just celebrated. By the time you hear this, we would have just celebrated yesterday the Feast of St. John Bosco. Right now it is February 1st. Yes. When you're listening to this, it will be... (laughs) February 1st. I'm you're doing like, like your day like is big maths right now. You <laughs> <laughs> already went to Miami. <laughs> went to so Tampa. It's great. If you're listening to this when it's posted, when it's uploaded, it'll be February 1st after we celebrated the Feast of St. John Bosco. And we know that St. John Bosco was a dreamer. Right? He had a lot of dreams. Some people say they're allegories. <laughs> <laughs> or parables. Some or people say they're parables. They're Sometimes fake news. people say they're they're you know something he just came up with. But we know that he was he was in touch with God. God spoke to him. He definitely had dreams. Whether some of these are dreams, some of these are just ways of teaching, educating. Right? We're okay with that. We're okay with that. Some of us are okay with this. Some I kind of kinda hope. I kind of hope they are like. I want them to be real. Dreams. No, I want them to be real. But also think about like how tired Saint John Bosco was. So if God was just like messing with this guy in his sleep, also <laughs> like throughout the day, like just let him rest for he four needed hours. Actual sleep. Sometimes. Yeah, like you probably needed real sleep for at least like four of those, like maybe four and a half hours you were in bed. So you know, <laughs> busy guy, busy guy, <laughs> working like, in his sleep. <laughs> Anyways, we're gonna read one of Don Bosco's <laughs> dreams. One of the most famous ones, not the one of age nine, but we're going to read when he was older, um, the two columns. It was very significant. Uh, one, of the, yeah, one of the most important and well-known dreams uh, that we know of Don Bosco that he gave as a good night to his young people. So we're just going to read the dream and then we're going to talk about it and what that kind of means for us now, uh, how important it is for living out, a Slesian, living out the Slesian charism, uh, being an educator, uh, really just being a good Christian. And, and why it's so important for us to have these these foundations and kind of what is Don Bosco still telling us today from this dream. So Amy and I will read the dream and then we will we'll talk about it. So this is a dream that Don Bosco gave on May 30th, 1862 to as a good night to his, his young people. So here, go, here goes the dream of the two columns. Try to picture yourself with me on the seashore, or better still, on an outlying cliff with no other land in sight. The vast expanse of water is covered with a formidable array of ships in battle formation. Prows fitted with sharp, spear-like beaks capable of breaking through any defense. All are heavily armed with cannons, incendiary bombs, and firearms of all sorts, even books, and are heading toward one stately ship, mightier than them all. As they close in, they try to ram it, set it afire, and cripple it as much as possible. This stately vessel is shielded by a large fleet. Winds and waves are with the enemy. In the midst of this endless sea, two solid columns, a short distance apart, soar high into the sky. One is surmounted by a statue of the Immaculate Virgin, at whose feet a large inscription reads, Help of Christians. The other, far loftier and sturdier, supports a host of proportionate size, and bears beneath it the inscription, Salvation of Believers. The flagship commander of the Roman pontiff, seeing the enemy's fury and his auxiliary ship's very grave predicament, summons his captains to a conference. However, as they discuss their strategy, a furious storm breaks out and they must return to their ships. When the storm abates, the Pope again summons his captains as the flagship keeps on its course. But the storm rages again. 
Standing at the helm, the Pope strains every muscle to steer his ship between the two columns, from whose summits hang many anchors and strong hooks linked to chains. The entire enemy fleet closes in to intercept and sink the flagships at all costs. They bombard it with everything they have, books and pamphlets, incendiary bombs, firearms, cannons. The battle rages ever more furious. Beaked prows ram the flagship again and again, but to no avail. As unscathed and undaunted, it keeps on its course. At times, a formidable ram splinters a gaping hole into its hull, but immediately, a breeze from the two columns instantly seals the gash. Meanwhile, enemy cannons blow up, firearms and beaks fall to pieces, ships crack up and sink to the bottom. In blind fury, the enemy takes to hand-to-hand combat, cursing and blaspheming. Suddenly, the Pope falls, seriously wounded. He is instantly helped up, but struck down a second time, dies. A shout of victory rises from the enemy, and wild rejoicing sweeps their ships. But no sooner is the Pope dead than another takes his place. The captains of the auxiliary ships elected him so quickly that the news of the Pope's death coincides with that of his successor's election. The enemy's self-assurance wanes. Breaking through all resistance, the new Pope steers his ship safely between the two columns and moors it to the two columns. First to the one surmounted by the host, and then to the other, topped by the statue of the Virgin. At this point, something unexpected happens. The enemy ships panic and disperse, colliding with and scuttling each other. Some auxiliary ships, which had gallantly fought alongside their flagship, are the first to tie up at the two columns. Many others, which had fearfully kept far away from the fight, stand still, cautiously waiting until the wrecked enemy ships vanish under the waves. Then, they too head for the two columns, tie up at the swinging hooks, and ride safe and tranquil beside their flagship. A great calm now covers the sea. All right, beautiful. So that was the dream of the two columns that Don Bosco narrated in 1862. And uh, maybe we'll just go with like the basics first of kind of the main, the main things, what we saw, what we heard, the main point of, uh, of the story, the main, like the main characters. So who are the main characters? We have? Mary. Mary. Eucharist. Okay, so those are the two pillars, mm-hmm. right? Nailed it. Nailed it, 100%. <laughs> right, so the two pillars um, are Mary, title Help of Christians, and then the Eucharist, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have the big ship. Who's steering the big ship? The Pope. Multiple popes. Multiple, Multiple popes. popes. Not the same time, though. Not the same time. 18 popes. <laughs> we have the two popes, and then there's different ships in the waters, no? So they have, we have the enemy ships that are really trying to destroy that main ship with the Pope on it. Um, and there are bombs and battling rams and beaks and uh, even books and pamphlets that they're throwing out. But then there's also, we see at the end of the, end of the dream that there's also other ships that are there um, that are not enemy ships, but that are trying to also get to the, the two pillars. Um, okay, so there's the dream in a nutshell. Now, give me some reflections. What does that mean for us today? What does that mean when you read it again? If you picture yourself as a young kid in the oratory, you're seeing this dream, but now it's 2023. What do you think? Do you want me to like really go off the deep end of what I was thinking about or actually like water? Okay, just jump right in. Just jump jump into the deep end. (laughs) Put out into the deep end. Go ahead. So we had mass today during work 
and I was, it's a beautiful chapel in the provincial center. It's for the, uh, the priests and brothers who live here, but it's so simple, but so beautiful. And I was looking at the stained glass today. Um, and I was like, that's such weird looking stained glass because it's not traditional. It doesn't have images of saints like you might expect or images from the Bible or sacred scripture or anything like that. Um, but the more I was looking at it, the more I realized that it was columns in a building and each of the columns in the middle has a different image with a different um, saying in Latin. And they have like, you are a priest forever. Um, I wrote them down like a deer at the spring of water, the blood of Christ, um, and then give me souls, take away the rest. But it just led me on a reflection of, for me, it's kind of hard to imagine this dream um, in the water, like the columns being in there. And I understand the seas are rough and they need to kind of anchor to something. But to me, that didn't really resonate as much as when I was looking at the stained glass columns and thinking about what is holding up my life. Like, okay, so I'm, I'm trying to build my life on the foundation of Christ and um, like the song Build My Life that we sing on retreat. Um, it is a firm foundation. But what are the things that are actually the columns in my life? And so Don Bosco is proposing that we have the two columns anchoring us in the water or supporting the structure of our lives be the Eucharist and Mary. But realistically, is that what I'm providing? Um, the columns to be in my life. Is that really what I'm building um, and using as the support feature? Um, so it doesn't have to be solely just the Eucharist and Mary. It can be what are the other things as well that I want to add that's for me personally what I need. And so it just kind of led me off in that kind of dream for myself of what would be the things that I would add to Don Bosco's dream. What are the pillars? What are the columns that I would add? Do you have a Specific specific ones? Dude, this just happened today, so <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it. it. Any inklings? <laughs> Maybe at the end, get back to me. <laughs> no, I think it's, for me, it's just a recognition of how simple our faith could be, but also how difficult. Mm. Like, so it's, it's super challenging. We see the storms. We see all the persecutions. We see the temptations. We see our own weakness. Like, we see our own struggles to paddle and to fight the storms and all that kind of stuff. But then also how simple, right? So, and I've seen, I've seen the difference in my life when I, I do live a simpler life and I know that my foundation is, is the Eucharist. So daily mass, daily visits, adoration, right? So when that is really a foundational part of my life, it makes a huge difference, you know? And it really does help you weather the storms. It helps you weather all the seasons that you go through. And so it's something so simple and yet, it becomes difficult because of my own weakness, right? We have a chapel in the house and it would be so simple that every time I pass by, you just spend 30 seconds in the chapel, but you're, you're moving. And, and sometimes you say, okay, I'll go later. And it's always that for me, it's always that idea of I can do it later. I can do it later. And then you wake up and it's like 6 PM, you're going to dinner or whatever. And you didn't do it during the day. And it's right there. The chapel's right there. So just trying to be more conscious of, of that and recognizing how important, how simple it is, but how important because um, I think Damascus is right. That that should be an anchor. That should be a pillar of my life. That I have mass every day, make daily visits. We have adoration throughout the week. Um, so for me, that's a foundation. And then I've had this kind of a little bit of a change, or I'm going through a change with my relationship with Mary, because it used to be like strictly devotional. So it really was just praying a rosary. Um, so it was kind of just me 
doing Marian things, right? So praying the rosary, saying Mary help of Christians. We have our consecration to Mary in the morning, those kind of things. But it was more just devotional, you know. And but for Don Bosco, this has happened to me when I went to went to Ecuador. That she's a teacher, right? So she showed Don Bosco where he was supposed to work. She showed him how to be wise. She's the one. She is his teacher. And I think that part I really miss of really speaking to Mary and listening to Mary and, and allowing her to show me how to be more like her son, where I'm supposed to work, what I'm supposed to do with young people, how I'm supposed to um, how I'm supposed to be a Salesian in 2023. So I think for me, again, yeah, the foundation of the Eucharist, but then also Mary, helpful Christians, not just purely devotional, but really as a teacher, as a mother, of course, but as a teacher who's leading me, guiding me, showing me where I need to where I need to go, what I need to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate the reminder of reading this dream, and it just, I've started this process, you know, a few months ago, kind of deepening these two things, but it's uh, just a good reminder that these really do need to be two pillars in my life, two foundations for my for my spiritual life. Uh, for me, I think the this helps. I don't like to um, think of, like, there is evil in the world. Uh, personally, it just doesn't really, like, fit in my brain well. So, and I think it's something that we have to recognize, not, like, I don't want it to consume my life or consume, like, the way that I, like, look at the world. But I think it's something that I avoid recognizing as reality. And which is, like, not great because, like, things do happen because there is evil in the world, right? There is, like, real bad, like, bigger than bad that exists and, like, needs to be recognized. Like, not that God can't exist without it, but it does exist because there was, like, a fallen peace and it's a good reminder of, like, what is possible. Um, and I think, like, this is, yeah, for me, a good reminder that it, it's supposed to be hard, like, we're supposed to like look at things and understand like that's not for me or that's like not of God or yeah. And so I think like that's first, the first thing that came to mind and then not so much Mary, which like, okay, obviously like it's all a work in progress and like where you are. But I think for me, it's the Eucharist that especially with like this like call and this attention to like this revival of the Eucharist in the church, like I want to like fully recognize like Jesus present in the Eucharist, like all the time. And like trying to have this like real conscious effort of like during mass, like as much eye contact as possible, like with the Eucharist, like watching the consecration happen, like, and just like in my heart and like in my mind when these moments are happening, like really saying them, okay, like my lips are saying them, the words are coming out of my mouth, but like my heart has to say them too. And I think it happened. So I went to mass with my sister, um, we were in New Haven and in this church, St. Michael's in New Haven. And just really like, I don't know, normal mass, um, you know, whatever. And during the consecration, one person out loud, my Lord, my God, out loud. And whatever that person is going through, whoever that person is, whatever. But just like this clear voice like coming out. And like Amy, Amy has talked about, she says that. I don't know if she's talked about it on here, but we've talked about it. Um... And like just those words that come from St. Thomas. St. Thomas, right? Cool. She's nodding her head. St. Thomas. She's nodding her head. I'm like, just yeah. not looking, I'm looking at I'm looking at Amy. <laughs> Amy's my anchor. All right. Um, but yeah, that like he said that out loud in a very quiet church. 
no altar service. There was no like ringing of bells, nothing. Like just my Lord, my God, both times out loud, clear as day, no holding back. Like wherever he is in his relationship with God, he said that out loud. And, you know, in, in other churches, like maybe that's the more like the cultural tradition or the tradition to like say words out loud, like when that is happening. Like I've heard that. But just this one instance, this man saying it out loud by himself, I was like, Lord have mercy. I was like, I'm sure some people are like, man, that's a distraction. But I was like, that is what I needed to hear, like at this moment out loud by someone else. Um, and yeah, just like understanding that that is supposed to be a pillar of my life but my life is better if I did make it a pillar of my life when you like if you can really take like what's being offered to you seriously um so yeah like Mary as a teacher Mary as your help Mary as your mother as your friend whatever you however you have to look at Mary but also as like this like real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist and like what that can do for our life um yeah I think I'm just really this year has been really sitting with the reality that like Jesus is real like to know that, but like to live that way, I think has been really different for me. Um, and like, a, it's a, like a conscious effort because of like the human, the human, right. That you're like, no way. <laughs> you're like, this cannot be it, but it is. And like, there is a, I can see a difference. Um, like what you had said of like, maybe not the living simply, but like, I can see a real difference when I'm like paying attention versus when it just, like, I'm like, yeah, I know this versus like, no, I want, I want this. I want to like live in this little pocket, you know? Um, yeah. But, um, so I think it, it was, it's a beautiful like realization that, you know, like there are things that we can add to our life. Um, I love that you had said that of like, what are the pillars of my life asking? Um, because like when you look at the story, like this, like troubled ship, like in the seas that like in the middle came these pillars that like rose out of the water and then they anchored the ship there. And then like it was able to catch like all these others like coming after them. And even in like this fear that the other ships that even held back, like could then come forward also when they saw the example of other people. And so I think also just recognizing that I have really good examples in my life that are anchoring themselves to these pillars or to the pillars that are like are necessary for their faith um, to help guide. Cause I'm scared all the time, like for sure. Like there's fear. And so to have other people like leading is, is helpful. Um, cause it, I don't want to do it alone. And I love that you referenced that last image about the other boats that were coming. Cause that's something that I had made a note on as well, because it doesn't say that the ships that held back when they saw the tide turning that they like joined and like they were part of the people who, you know, were able to defeat the enemies. They literally waited until every single <laughs> ship was under the water. It <laughs> literally says um, until the wrecked enemy ships vanish under the waves. So they were like, we are absolutely not risking <laughs> a single thing whatsoever for this, but they were able to come. And I think that's just, it's an invitation to everyone that it is never too late, mm. that you are always welcome. And then it's a challenge for anyone who feels like, no, you had to be part of this or this or this in order to be welcome here to actually realize, you know, in our human mind, it may seem like, no, you shouldn't get to anchor here because you did nothing. Um, but that's not how the church works. That's not how God's mercy works. And so it, it can be a challenge because I, I feel like in my heart, like that's a challenge for me to be like, you don't have to do anything but show up at whatever moment is the moment that 
God is inviting you to come. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even if there's absolutely no challenges anymore at that point. Yeah, and that like mercy extends. I lo- yeah, it's like important. I think to like remember like until the last moment of someone's life, like something can happen. Like God can move. Like the right people are in the right place. The it finally the seed finally blooms. Like whatever it is. Like however you want to think about it. But like until the last moment, even after like. God has already like conquered, like it's already been, it's already been done, you know, like, so yeah, it's like the, I don't know, whatever's like washed away, like then you can finally recognize, okay, like I want to be here. And like, that's for sure, like a challenge in my own life of like, there are so many people that I know that are so far, you know, like out loud, they're like, I am far from, you know, from you, whatever, like, or like from God or, you know, they just can't even see themselves like going to church or like saying I believe in God or praying or whatever it is uh, and that like it's possible for them you know uh, until the very end it's possible so what about some practical things like so if you now we speak to some speak to some young people or maybe speak to some friends what would it look like to have these like these foundations what would it look like to have these pillars what do I actually do in my day-to-day life that that demonstrates that these are my pillars, what would you say? <laughs> um, seeing where the places are that you want to grow, picking one, picking a couple, and then um, incorporating that into your schedule. Like, that's super obvious, um, but I think I have ideas in my head of things that I want to do. So similar to what you were saying about the chapel, like I keep telling myself, okay, I don't want to go upstairs to the chapel all the time because it's technically, you know, upstairs, it's not on the office level, but... I could just stop in there when I get here in the morning, but I honestly never think to do it. And then I'll realize, oh yeah, that was something I want to do. So um, if you're someone like me who forgets all the time, writing a note for yourself. So first thing I see when I come in, like put a post-it on my computer screen that says, visit Jesus. Super fast, easy. Um, but kind of knowing where uh, where you want to grow, but then also your personality for where you kind of feel the pitfalls are. Um, If you're the type of person that it's hard to build habits and you want to try habit stacking, so you start doing, having a conversation with Mary when you're brushing your teeth or something like that, but just knowing yourself and then just like you were saying, Father Steve, like when you were talking about like the practical everyday stuff, okay, so make it every day. Like what is the actual stuff that you could do every single day that you're not doing now? Um, I feel like we always emphasize that and that's what we talked about last Lent, but that's just lesion. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's true and it never gets old because obviously I don't do it so I need, <laughs> I need to hear it over, over and over and over and over again uh, but actually I think also speaking to our students you know especially if any of our listeners are actually students of, of the high schools right, all the high schools have a chapel mm-hmm. uh, and I just really it really pains me that we we can't encourage more or I don't know it's you were talk, talking on the, last, on the last podcast with Father Lou about it was popular to go on retreats. You know? So like the culture, it was normal. And I just wish we could get to the point. And you, know, you can do all these statistics, but as, at a certain point, you reach a level where you cross that threshold and then, the, like, and then it becomes part of the culture and it yeah. becomes part of it's normal to make a stop at the, at, during the Blessed Sacrament. And, that, and that, was the or, like, that was the oratory. That was Valdoco. That the, it was normal. And in one of the readings, I think it was in the educational system of St. John Bosco, I used to talk about how they wouldn't force, like he would, Don Bosco wouldn't force the kids to go into chapel, but they, 
the kids would try to stay outside as long as they could. They didn't want to go to chapel, but they would be by themselves because everybody else would be going into the chapel. So it's this environment that pulls you in there. So it's not forced, but it's, it's, it's part of the culture and, and everything is moving in that direction. And I just wish that, you know, more of our schools could have that because the chapel's right there. You know, we have, at Sleesian High School, we have daily mass. Um, but even just to get it into your head that it's, it's normal to go in and to pray for five minutes, to pray for a minute, to just to kneel, just to genuflect and then go out. Like all these ways are just the little visits for, um, for St. John Bosco that were so important, the little visits to the Blessed Sacrament. So for me, that would be a practical thing that I could encourage our high school students, our college students, um, but also our young adults who work. You know, I don't know about the churches everywhere, if they're open or what, but even if you go to the parking lots or if you drive by a church, I don't know, just having that recognition that the, the Blessed Sacrament is there. Yeah, just to add, I was going to say, like, if you can't stop in, right, even we had a practice growing up, like anytime we passed a cemetery, whatever, there's an ambulance that goes by. I feel like that was a big one that a lot of people did. Like you make the sign of the cross. So like if it's impossible for you because the church is closed because it's late when you get out of work or it's too early or whatever it is, like just make the sign of the cross. Like I think it is just being like conscientious of like who you're passing. Like Jesus is present there. You're passing by his house. Like. I don't know. You can't send him a text and be like, hey, I just passed by your house. How funny, huh? But like, you can be like, sign of the cross. What's up, Jesus? Like, I don't know. Talk in the car for one second. Choose, I don't know. For me, the best part was choosing one part of my car ride, either to work or a home or whatever, like in the car at some point that I was quiet. Like, and whether I'm like talking to God and that like floats through my brain, but like just a moment of like, stop talking, right? And like, see where you go. Like, where does your mind go to? Like, who are you talking to? What are you thinking about? Um, and then, um, for, yeah, for students that are on campuses, the sister Teresa Gutierrez, uh, an FMA, she was my freshman theology teacher was like, go say what's up to Jesus. And I was like, mortified. I was like, what? And it was so funny. And then when I started parking in the parking lot that was near the chapel, I would just open the door with my sister and we'd go, and wave. You can't see me wave. I'm waving. You just wave like whatever. He's there present. Like God is real. And then I think if none of that works for you, you're not near a chapel. That's like not who you are. You can't imagine yourself doing that. And you are going to mass. I think just like look at Jesus. Like that changed. The moment that I stopped like closing my eyes, like, and I just like looked because it's a moment you get to like look at the presence of Jesus there in the Eucharist. For me, it helps me believe like that it's real. Like that is a huge thing to be like, I believe in the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, like that it is Jesus. It's hard. Like your eyes are always closed. So like maybe look like that might help you. And like whatever, whatever you have to say, if you want to be that courageous man, like my Lord, my God out loud or in your heart or whatever it is, but like, look, like find your, I don't know, find the way you want to talk to Jesus because I think that helps. Like, how do you talk to your friends? Can you incorporate that into your prayer? Um, yeah. And then I, I think like with, with Mary, like a practical thing for me that always seems to help is just incorporating the fastest rosary you can find. I know that's bad, but whatever. There's one on Spotify. It's 13 minutes every single time. It's incredible. Like 13 minutes of your life that you can pray it and like really sit there and like at least incorporate the language of saying like, Hail Mary, full of grace. Like just say the words and then see what happens if that grows or find something else that I think like works for who you are. And I, I think like that's the beauty of practicals is we're three very different people, but like you're also different and there's a way that you pray and communicate and 
speak with people in your life, but that just has to be something that you want to incorporate into your relationship, like with God and like with the saints, like with Mary, like how do you want to ask for help? Like how do you want to ask for people to pray for you? Are you aware of like what your needs are? And like maybe it's starting there to see what do I need and who can I ask um, to help? And also the three Hail Marys at nighttime. Mm, yeah. Encourage. I loved on the leadership retreat, a couple of kids were like, yeah, they're like, I don't really pray too much, but I say my three Hail Marys. It's mm -hmm. like, okay. It's like, good. I'm okay with that right yeah. now. So keep that up. And then little by little, hopefully it grows. You be open, talk to people, um, but really just encourage everybody to, to say the three, three Hail Marys before you go to bed. Uh, but then use your own words too. You know, a lot of times now when I can't sleep or when I'm, thinking about all the things that I have to do or like dreams keep coming in and like, uh, you know, like inspiration, like I get wrap, wrapped up in what I want to do or the next thing I want to do, just kind of like offering it to Mary and just give it to her, put it in her hands. Like let you take it for now. There's nothing I can do now. I want to get a good night's sleep. And just like those kind of things of, of recognizing that we have, we have friends in heaven. So St. Mm -hmm. John Bosco, our blessed mother, all the saints, um, that they really want to help us and intercede for us. So uh, last words, Amy. No, I feel very motivated now. Thank Let's you. go. Love Let's it. Visit Jesus. You guys are always welcome to the chapel. I do. I go. When I, it's one of the bathroom breaks. You just go right there. <laughs> On your way. Um, <laughs> so everybody, I hope you had a good feast of St. John Bosco. Hope you played and prayed. Hope you played mm. and prayed. And celebrated. Go to and Mass. Celebrated. Hope you went to Mass. And we'll see you next week. I think we're getting ready for Lent. Not to bring that up now, but I'm ready. You ready? Advent or Lent? <laughs> it's always Lent. You know when it's Advent. It's Lent. No, I'm loving our ordinary time seconds. Do one you want to pray? I say pray the three Hail Marys. All right, let's pray. The <gasps> inspired. Inspired. In the, name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Mother Mary, of a Virgin, help, help me to save my soul. soul. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Dear Mother Mary, ever virgin, help me to save my soul. Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Dear Mother Mary, ever virgin, help me to save my soul. Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, help of Christians, pray for us. St. John Bosco, pray for us. Amen. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Oh my gosh, the music is back. <laughs>